Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is Kenzie. Gosh, it's Kenzie, you guys. <laughs> Pat um Pat abandoned me on my birthday week. Um <laughs> he decided to go to the Smoky Mountains to get 411 is what we've been calling. <laughs> listen let me tell you guys he's so scared he texted me what was that i think it was the first night he was there i think it was saturday night or maybe it was sunday night um anyway he texted me like three in the morning he's like are you up oh my god (laughs) yeah he's like dude he's like i'm freaking out i'm like oh my god you're fine (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna be so mad that i shared that but (laughs) i do the same thing anytime i go into the woods i'm like oops hope i don't get missing 411 i never do Oh, right, always, it never happens. Fine. Then you're always kind of disappointed. You're like, damn it, I thought it was my time. <laughs> really? <laughs> but no, yeah, he's no, he's scared. I was telling him, I was like, listen, you're fine. I'm like, you're just staying in a cabin, and I'm like, you yeah. know, these things know to stay away from people. For the like, they're not going to bother you if they don't, you know. And he's just like, I'm, I'm going to get missing for a while. Like, you're going to oh be. Oh my fine. god, but, that's uh, so funny. You know, and but in good news, um, because Pat is on vacation, and the, you know where he is at and his route home um he will be stopping here on friday and i'll me and pat will be meeting for the first time so super oh that's so fun super exciting i know you got to meet sarah finally i did yes was it as what is was it as great as you imagined it was gonna be oh it was better sarah and i have exactly the same personalities so the two of us in a room together was like the most chaos you can ever imagine uh and it was so much fun I'm excited about it. You know, we'd start, we had talked about like doing all this work together and, and doing all these things. And like, you know, realistically, I'm just like, listen, we can record a show like when you're at home. Like, we, yeah, we can, yeah. Like, let's get drunk instead. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, it's more fun to just like hang out at home and, right. and just this person that you talk to every single week for hours on end. And it's like, so it's yeah. it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. So you guys will definitely hear about how that goes. We might record a show. I'm not going to make any promises um but as of uh technically the day that this comes out it's it's my birthday to you guys yes happy birthday no i'm now and i'm now officially a milf i think um i think that's <laughs> i don't know if it works like when you become a parent or once you hit 30 personally i think it's as soon as you have a baby it that makes been. you a milf it could have been i was or a so dilf. I'm so depending happy. on you what know, you where you identify what you are <laughs> i don't know um but no yeah it's my it's my big uh my big dirty 30 it's my champagne birthday also because i'm 30 on the 30th so hell yeah super exciting stuff i'm not uh doing anything in particular on my actual birthday it's gonna be like well i guess it is again this time travel thing is weird because oh I'm yeah recording this today and you guys don't hear it till tomorrow but um <laughs> It's going to be uh, very gross outside, very rainy and stormy. So I'm probably just going to stay at home and do nothing, which is a treat because I never get to do that. So there we go. It's <laughs> a great way to spend your birthday. Yes, it'll be amazing. So go wish me a happy birthday, guys, if you haven't already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Also, you can find my cash app and Venmo and PayPal in the description. Um, True. You better send her some birthday money. I need some birthday cash. Um, but anyway. So that's, um, how are, how are you doing? Kenzie, you excited to be on the show? I'm so excited. I love your guys' show and I love Thank like you. being a part of it. So I'm thrilled to be here. We, we definitely like to, um, we, we like to have good guests. Um, we feel like that you were a great guest. So, <laughs> so you got to you come guys. Back. I know. No, we, we like it. We was, well, I was already telling you, you know, Pat just adores, adores your guys' show. Um, 
And, you know, he's, he's way excited to have you as, as the female Pat today. So that's yay. Super neat. <laughs> the female yeah. Pat. Female Pat. It's so just, change my yeah. Twitter name. It's a female Pat. He would, yes. you know what? He would love that. <laughs> he's so excited. <laughs> no, he's, he's so funny. Um, but yeah, so, well, we'll get into it. I'll tell you, I'll share some of my, uh, news of the week. All right. That's some really, actually, I've had some pretty big news. The cryptid news itself has not been so big, but there's been other things kind of going on lately um, that I think are of note. So for one, it you know the I, I guess technically this is cryptid news. Um, the Dragon Man skull. Have you heard about this? I haven't. Yeah. So there's been a new species of human discovered. Um, oh. And yeah, they're, they're nicknaming it the Dragon Man. Um, and it's actually Homo longi. Homo longi, L O N G I, I guess. Um, yeah, I'd say that's longy. I guess that's longy. Um, they say that uh, they this well, this skull in particular is one hundred forty six thousand years old. Oh, Jesus. Um, but they do believe that they lived alongside the Neanderthal as well. Interesting, um, which is interesting because then there was probably some cross breeding, breeding, and things like that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was really neat about it, you know, of of course, with you know anthropology um, discoveries, were always like, oh, what about Sasquatch? Then you know that could be a thing. Um, but the aspect of this that I found most intriguing is the fact that this skull was actually discovered in in 1933. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was it was actually found in China, and um, when they found it at the time, they were beefing with the Japanese. So what they did was they hid it again so that okay. the Japanese wouldn't come and steal it from them, and you know claim that they discovered it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy who took it, he threw it down a well, and it stayed down there um until 2018 when when the guy was on his deathbed and uh told his family where it was and they went and and they got it and they turned it over and you know since then they've been you know doing work on it to figure out what it is but they've just now classified it like i said as the 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 homo longi and uh they they think that this is probably our most uh related uh you know relative so far like probably more human than not so the head itself like even though it's the same size as a human skull which so far none of the others have been they've always been bigger or smaller mm-hmm. um it, it's it's the same hat size but there are notable differences like uh the orbital sockets are square instead of Ooh. round yeah they have like different different bridges and things so yes yeah, super neat i mean it's crazy you know we're still obviously um discovering uh big things to this day and you know sometimes knowing the history of certain things is um is big not for necessarily discovering things in the future but it's big for lending credibility to the things that we still have yet to discover so yeah very true very cool there and then of course i know what everybody is most likely here for <laughs> um the uap disclosure yes <laughs> Have have you have you read this? Have did you read the nine pages? I know it was a lot, but I read uh, a summary of it. Basically, I've tried reading the actual disclosures before, and I, my brain just can't. Boring, I can't yeah. take it. It's too it's, many too many words. It's it's very wordy. Um, yeah, it's very boring. Just to say, uh, we don't know shit. Yeah, is basically what it is. You know, that's yeah. what it was. I mean, they came out with nine pages. They said that out of 144 uh, cases that initially they were investigating that were unsolved, 143 of them remain unsolved. So that's crazy. We don't have the exact details yet on the investigation when they have when they have these um 
just like a when you have true crime, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens is when you're fo- when you're following a high profile case, is that at the end of the trial they release what they call as the discovery. Mm-hmm. And what a discovery is is the complete details of an investigation. And it's typically, yeah, it's typically not things that are open to the public right away because they don't want to compromise the trial. Yeah. Uh, But it has every bit of information in it. And uh, so I'm waiting right now on the UAP discovery as what we have. I think that'll definitely be more interesting. It will. It will. Just the disclosure, right? It'll have 144 minimum, 144 cases, not yeah. So it'll be it'll be the big daddy. Um, but either way, it just doesn't, it still doesn't answer anybody's questions. And I don't know why anybody thought that questions were going to be answered to begin with. Yeah, I agree. I honestly, I read it because it was there and I wanted to kind of be in the loop about what was going on. But as I was reading it, I was like, I feel like they're still skirting around that, that big question of like, do we know that aliens are there? Um, so it's kind of just like, this is, this is basically to me, at least like what has already been released just worded differently. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's all, I mean, all, right. That's all it is. I mean, it's not like this is the first time we've investigated UFOs before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why. And, and they were inconclusive then too. I don't know why this is yeah. shocking anybody or, or what have you. I mean, and I, I've said this, you know, before is that, you know, what, what the veterans fail to realize because we're all like disappointed, but, but the, the main takeaway from this is to put it out there in the mainstream media to get the common folk used to talking about UFOs because there's still people out there that don't believe that there are UFOs. And the fact of the matter is, is that there, there are, you know, we just got to get everybody on the same page. So, you know, that was interesting. Um, I know last, last week, uh, one of the topics that we talked about was, uh, was a type of, um, engineer working in Florida, who allegedly said that there's uh, military um, towers being built off the coast of Florida, and he said that it they, it's supposed to be a UAP tracking facility. Oh, so and that, was that neat. wasn't going to be the only one that there were going to be more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that this is just a way for them to like they came out with it and let us know that you know this is what's going on because. Maybe they did want to be a little more public with things that you obviously can't miss, like giant towers and satellites and observatories. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's just like, hey, all right, we'll take it. So, yeah, you know, but that, I mean, that's pretty much all I have. I mean, you know, as far as, as notable, really notable things going on throughout the week. Um, hey, I feel like it's been a pretty slow week. I feel like the UAP disclosure was like really the big thing. Right. It's just, it's been what everybody's been talking about. And so, you know, it's hard to put much focus elsewhere, um, you know, and that's just what's going on in the world. I don't know, but um, usually at this point, I'll plug, I'll plug away some of the things that are happening, but uh, because it is my birthday week, I'm doing a very uh, bare bones (laughs) work schedule. I mean, that's Um, totally fair. Right. I mean, kind of taking the time off, but if you guys are interested, I know that um, Clubhouse is still happening tomorrow night. Oh, yes. Um, I know Aaron D's over at Hey Strangeness is running a Giants room. I might make an appearance. Just depends on what I'm doing, um, but I don't want to promise anything, but, you know, that's the usual time, 1030 uh, p.m. Eastern, so join that. Kenzie, what do you have going on for the week? You got something you want to plug? Um, I don't really have much. I Sarah and I have, have taken a little break um, for about a month to kind of... Yeah you know, get our, get our lives together. Um, and we'll be back with a new season of Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls starting, uh, I believe the second week in July. 
Um, so I don't really have much going on. I've taken this opportunity to kind of just, um, focus on like my personal life for a little bit. So I've been a little absent in clubhouse, a little absent on, on Instagram and stuff, but you know, I'm still out here, still doing my research, still enjoying, uh, the Fortean world. Um, sure. <laughs> kind of in my own little bubble. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, it gives you time to get ready because we have um, lots of events coming up. Oh yeah. In the near, in the very near future. I'm so oh, excited. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I guess I don't really talk about them much, but I think what the, the first one, the first ones like for me is Cryptid Bash. Yes. Um, yep. That'll Which be is, my first one as well. Yeah, happening in uh, August, August seventh in Morgantown, yep. West Virginia. Um, so I, and I think that'll be the first time you and I get to meet. Yeah, I'm really excited. I feel like it's going to be so fun because it's like all of the cryptid community, all the friends that have kind of throughout the pandemic like gotten close and and become friends uh getting to finally meet for the first time it's just it's, it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be like a, a super big love bash i'm gonna hug mm-hmm. everybody i might oh, even yeah. kiss everybody yeah oh everybody's <laughs> got a, at least a forehead kiss for me at least <laughs> at least right I'll I'll, how i feel later in the day but at least a forehead kiss <laughs> Right, I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm gonna touch everyone. It is. It's gonna be well. Even you know, our clubhouse buddy Greg. He's 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 gonna come all the way from Canada to go to. I'm so Bash. excited for for Greg to come to Cryptid Bash. I'm <laughs> so <know>. excited. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is gonna be. It's gonna be a big thing. So I it's mean, gonna be the MVP of the whole event. It's yeah, driving all the way from Canada. I know. It's un- I'm I'm excited. I'm so happy that he's made the commitment to do it. Yeah, um, so. And I think he's gonna also come to CryptidCon, which is another big one oh, for all of us yeah that'll be amazing too so that'll be yeah so CryptidCon also and then if, uh, and then i do the mothman festival and the flatwoods monster festival and sarah and i will actually be at flatwoods oh really you're one of the yeah, best yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be vending at flatwoods that's so exciting yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I'll i think be- we were planning on trying to get to mothman but i don't know if it'll work with our yeah. schedules it's hard because they're back-to-back weekends exactly so, yeah you know it, it does make that difficult and that was kind of my thing whereas like well mothman's only like two hours from me but I'm, i want to go stay the weekend yeah because um, it's saturday and sunday and then um but you know brax the braxy festival is like three and a half hours away it's pretty far mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm still going, so yeah. I'll figure it out. I don't care. I'll sit in a car for 10 hours if that's what I, well, you will be. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I will be. That's part of it too, is that I have to drive from New Hampshire and just right. to get to Maryland to meet up with Sarah, it's about 10 hours. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of driving. Yeah. That's so wild. That's right. Mm-hmm. All, all the way up there in the tiny states. I know. Mm-hmm. All the way up in good old New England. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's super convenient because that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Oh right? yeah. Aren't you excited? So I'm very excited. Um, we're going to cover it. Last week we did the Bermuda Triangle. I guess January or J- January June is just Triangle Month. Triangle mm-hmm. Month. It's all about it's all about those tries. Um, There's so many of them to cover too, so it's perfect. Yes, there really are. Um, this is a topic that I definitely want to talk about for a while. It's one that I kind of didn't really, I, I hadn't really researched too much. I mean, I knew about it, but hadn't really deep dived into it yet because yeah. i just be usually i like to research places that i'm going to be going at and then yeah, I, I do it like months ahead um we're going to talk about the bridgewater triangle Woo! so exciting now the bridgewater triangle for people that don't know um is in is it southeastern or southwestern um it's kind of right in the middle it's more southeastern um than it is western but it, it's it's a little bit like central mass um you know, because it's a triangle, it hits 
all of these parts, but it's a, a little bit of like, uh, I guess like central northern, if that makes oh, sense, okay. like central northeastern Massachusetts, okay. um, and then like southeastern Massachusetts, and like a little more into central Mass. Oh, okay. So it's, it is a little more. And well, that's what I thought looking at it. I was like, well, it looks like it's kind of like right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, the Bridgewater Triangle is basically this place where, um, like lots of things go down. Um, yeah. All, all different stories of high strangeness. I mean, you got everything. You got ghosts, you got monsters, you got aliens um oh, yeah. and then, it, is, it is the hot spot of the of the northeast for sure you know it, yeah it definitely is i mean do you guys growing up did have you i mean i know you kind of had a weird growing up anyway what with your you know paranormal hunting and stuff but like just locally did you guys really because you're not that far i mean how far are you from that area so um the like southernmost tip of the bridgewater triangle is about two hours from me um oh. the northernmost tip is about 45 minutes to an hour Oh, wow. So that's pretty yeah. close. Wow. I did actually spend a lot of time there growing up. Um, my parents are both originally from Massachusetts and grew up there. Um, and my dad, especially being the, you know, longtime paranormal investigator and like, you know, cryptid lover he is now, uh, he took me there a lot when I was a kid because he knew I would like it. Um, oh, and there's, okay. you know, aside from all of the the weird activity that happens there, it's it's a very like... Um, I guess like historical place. Um, there's a lot of like cool museums and like cool historical artifacts that you can go and see. And that was a, a big part of it too. Oh, so is it like a touristy kind of area? I mean, um, kind of, it, it depends really. Cause like the Bridgewater Triangle is like, it's very, it's a big destination for, you know, Fordian researchers like ourselves. Um, because there's so much phenomena happening there that right. people from all over the world are, are trying to get in here to kind of figure out what's going on. Uh, but it is also like smack in the middle. Oh, I guess really not in the middle, like down towards the, the southernmost part of it um, is home to one of the uh, bloodiest battles of the like colonial era like king philip's yeah. war and um because of that there's a lot of like there's a lot of history there and there's things like you've got like anawan rock um also known as profile rock you've got um these huge state forests you have dighton rock and you've got all of these like really historical places and then you know not to mention like just outside of the bridgewater triangle is fall river where lizzie borden happened and then just you know north of the bridgewater triangle is where uh in you know revere just outside of boston where the salem witch trials happened so it's like there's just a, a lot of history in this area so Ooh. there's a, there's something for everybody really gosh that's so fun now when's the last time you've been down in that area uh the last time i went was last summer actually i went down i spent a lot of last summer down in uh Fall River, Freetown uh, State Forest, which is the very bottom corner of the triangle, uh, okay. doing some puck wedgie investigation, actually. Um, and that was, I think the last time I went was like maybe the end of September. Um, and since then, I haven't been back, unfortunately, because, you know, with work and stuff, it's it's hard to get down there. But sure, um, it's a well. beautiful area. Also, mm -hmm. there's an Ikea like right in the middle of the bridge oh, okay when you're done you go buy yourself a nice uh cabinet if you yeah can. you can buy a couch or something if you want <laughs> and i have actually the amount of times i've gone down in that area to be like i'm going to go to ikea and then be like actually i'm going to go investigate the swamp 
<laughs> oh wow yeah well i don't blame you there that's that's how i i'm like i want to get the most out of every trip that i make so that's <laughs> yeah. I get it. that's so funny we go to piggly wiggly every single time we go to point pleasant because it's piggly wiggly i don't know this, yeah we don't have that here so <laughs> hey, <might as> well. <laughs> all right we just go um that's so funny did you find a puck wedgie when you went um i see i don't know i'm not sure so we had some some really interesting experiences and definitely you know being followed by something through this hiking trail that we were doing and i got some odd photos like we saw a few balls of light and stuff so can't say for certain that we definitely saw a puckwaji but like a lot of the stuff that we experienced was really consistent with puckwaji sightings okay well that's, that's well why don't you go ahead and talk about because that's kind of one of your big areas is, is oh yeah um why don't you go ahead and explain uh kind of the ties in with that area yeah i would love to okay so puckwaji's um they're they're basically like tiny little troll people um that's like really the best description i can give that kind of gets everybody to be like oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about um and they are very significant in wampanoag lore also algonquin lore um and this area of massachusetts is home to the wampanoag people um which is why it's so like prevalent there um and basically, I'll give you guys a little history lesson on, like, the uh, Wampanoag-specific lore of the Pukwudgies. Yeah. Uh, but basically, um, it is said in uh, in this lore that Pukwudgies at one point lived alongside people. Um, they lived very happily, coexisted very peacefully with humans, and everything was fine, um, and they were all chilling. Um, and then eventually... Uh, there was a deity, a giant introduced into Wampanoag lore named Mashup. And him and his family were revered by humans. They loved them. They were like all for it. Um, you know, being a giant, whereas Pakwajus are tiny, um, the, the giant part of that was really helpful to the humans. And the humans started to kind of shift their attention away from uh existing co or coexisting peacefully with the puck wedgies to focusing more on mashup and what him and his family uh could do for the humans and, and in turn started to worship mashup and his family um and the puck wedgies were not cool with that which is fair um they kind of got you know middle child it there sure. a little bit yeah um so they kind of acted out started to go from being peaceful creatures to being incredibly mischievous. Um, they're basically that little trickster that you hear about in a lot of indigenous lore. Um, so they would start throwing rocks, poison darts, uh, kind of just generally messing with humans, trying to kind of ruin their day a little bit. And eventually Moshup uh, intervened and exiled the Pukwudgies across the country. Um, and what's interesting is, is in a lot of research that I've done, I found that uh, Pukwudgies, and they're not called Pukwudgies everywhere, just for the record, um, each tribe generally has like a different name for them. Um, but in a lot of indigenous lore on the West Coast, Pukwudgies start to pop up in their lore around the same time period that they were exiled from uh, the East Coast by Mashup, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, so basically, they get exiled and they make their way back to Massachusetts and they're furious. So, in this lore, they kill Mashup and his family um, and basically just wreak havoc on the humans from yeah. there on out. Yeah. Um, and 
the Freetown Fall River State Forest is like a hotbed for Pakwachi activity, um, which I think is really interesting because even like even as recent as 2020, there were active sightings happening like in this state park constantly to the point where um, at one point, I think it was in 2016, maybe uh, the town of East Freetown put up Pukwudgie crossing signs all over town uh, because people were reporting seeing these little creatures so often. Yeah, you can you can Google them and they'll they'll you, they'll pull them up. They're cute. Yeah, they're super cute. I honestly was like, when I, the last time, last couple times I went down there, I was you know had my eyes out for one of these signs because I wanted to take a picture with one yeah. so badly, and they have all been stolen at this point. Oh, I'm so no, sad no, about no. it. I mean, why do people ruin things for other people? Like that? I know it makes me so bummed. But a few things about about Pukwudgie is that at least, uh, you know, things that are reported in encounters with them so that if you're around the woods, you know, you can maybe decide whether or not you you have seen a Pukwudgie um, is that they often take the form. And this is a weird little factoid about them. They they can shapeshift. So they they often will take the form of like a hedgehog um, and you'll see a hedgehog kind of out of place, like not really in hedgehog territory. Uh, maybe just like bopping down a trail or something. Um, and, you know, as you get closer to it, eventually it'll scurry away and disappear. And then a puck wedgie will be left in its place. Um, another thing that's reported a lot is balls of light. Balls of light is like one of the biggest uh, commonly reported things in puck wedgie encounters is uh, you'll see, you know, there's a lot specifically in this uh, state forest lot of reports of people taking their dogs down trails or just hiking through the state forest and kind of seeing a ball of light just kind of bouncing down the trail in front of them um and you know naturally you keep going and you follow that ball of light and eventually you run into a puck wedgie, um which i think is cool there's also been like a few reported um cases of puck wedgies following people home afterwards Whoa. too yeah that one's crazy and it's they do you know mischievous stuff like they're knocking on your windows at night and like banging on your door trying to get your attention throwing rocks at your house stuff like that there was a woman who actually um had gone hiking in the state forest in 2020 i believe um who actually i was probably i think it was probably earlier than that because there was a sighting that i had written down from 2020 but i think this one was a little bit earlier uh, anyway, her name was Joan, and she had reported seeing one of these balls of light while she was out walking her dog one day. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, she gets further down the trail, and there's a little troll-like person thing standing on the trail, and it kind of just grumbled at her and then jumped into the the bush on the side of the trail. Um, and later, you know, she went home, and every single night something was knocking on her window. She would look outside, and she'd either see this little troll creature or a ball of light in in its place and um it continued on for a few months until she eventually moved and she moved across uh county lines and she thinks that's what uh, kind of stopped the activity from happening is you know she moved out of the county and you know maybe the puck wedgie can't yeah. follow um but that's what eventually stopped this activity every night is is the fact that she moved so yeah no. Do you think that with with these balls of light, do you think that, because you're saying that like if you follow the ball of light, you'll come upon a puck budget. Now, is that because they are controlling the ball of light or they are the ball of light? 
See, I'm not really sure. I have never like come across a report of somebody saying that they physically saw the ball of light turn into a puck wedgie. Um, so I don't, okay. I don't really know. I'm not totally sure. It's, it's usually more like they see the ball of light and they follow it and like they turn a corner, you know, they go around a bend or something and there's a puck wedgie where the ball of light should have been. So, like- oh, go ahead. I just, I was just going to say, I just don't really know. I'm not sure if I had to guess, I would, I would think maybe that they are the ball of light, but I, I'm not really sure. I know that like in that area, well, in general, you know, there's reports of people and also in that area, there's reports of people that see Sasquatch mm-hmm. carrying these balls of light. Yeah. And so, I mean, is it possible they have some type of symbiotic relationship there and, you know, I think that's that there's definitely potential for that. You know, what's funny is when Sarah and I did an episode on puck wedgies a little while back and uh, she was like, so, so who cuts their hair for them? And I was like, yeah, good question. Who does cut their oh hair for gosh. them? And now maybe that's the key to it. Maybe the Sasquatches <laughs> are, you know, helping out. They're doing, they're doing the hair for the little puck wedgie people. Yeah. They're so cute. They um, are cute. They're assholes, but they're adorable. But even like, yeah. like, even the stories I hear about them being assholes, I'm just like, oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> they're yeah. Well, it's <laughs> you know? funny because like, you know, you hear, you hear stories of them like throwing rocks at you and stuff and like whatever and like i you know i've told my my weird happenings behind my house a lot and how we have rocks thrown at our house all the time and for a while we really thought maybe it could be a puck wedgie but um in like the original lore of you know wampanoag puck wedgies specifically they were known mostly to throw poison darts at people oh so i'm like i'm i'm kind of i'm glad you guys have stopped doing that right (laughs) whatever reason (laughs) you've changed your mind (laughs) yeah i'm glad that that's died off a little they also were known for for a brief period of time to push people off of cliffs oh Um, oh. that area has a lot of big boulders and big uh big rocks that you can climb on things like profile rock which has collapsed unfortunately but used to be able to climb up on profile rock and um you know one of the things that is reported with pro- profile rock a lot is like people being pushed um and it kind of ties all ties in together a little well speaking of being 411 right well yeah, so right? What, another other reports that they say is that possibly like these people that go missing they're taken mm-hmm. by the puck budgies and they it, i don't know what they do with them but they, yeah <laughs> but they take them and so yeah they- i think um in in that regard i think it's more likely that that it's probably not Pukwudgies taking people and except for in the event of like maybe children um that's i guess a possibility but uh Pukwudgies are tiny they're yeah. you know at at most and this is like quills included like maybe four feet tall right yeah so so i would be surprised small. if they were just like picking people up and being like let's go yeah right i mean how would you i mean I- they have to knock them out somehow. But like, yeah. if they took a child, then they could like train the child to like yeah. be on their side, and then they'd have like just like kind of like in the Lion King when they took on a lion and the lion was on their side, and yeah. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, like we got a buddy now that that's a killing machine," you know? Yeah, so there we go. It's the same kid. thing, just with puck watches. And then the kid grows up, and he never gets a haircut either. So then he yeah. becomes really hairy, and he's actually Bigfoot. Wow. Damn, make- there we go. We don't even need to research Bridgewater Triangle anymore. We figured it out. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, that's obviously what it is. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. 
but no, there's, uh, you know, there, Pukwudus are so interesting. So mm-hmm. you're, so do you think that then, because I've had somebody report that they've seen one in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So do you, I mean, and you mentioned that they're not called Pukwudgie throughout the different tribes, which you know, and yeah. usually that's the case with different, you know, different creatures that, that we have um, with these indigenous, you know, the indigenous histories. Um, so, I mean, do you think that it's possible that they are in everywhere or do you think that they're probably more localized to certain areas? I mean, they are pretty tiny, so I can't imagine them being able to travel too far. I think it's definitely possible that they are everywhere. I think it's it's one of those things, especially like them being so prevalent in so much indigenous lore. I definitely think it's possible that they exist all over the place. Yeah. Um, I think like they've become like really like regionally like significant here um, and might not be as regionally significant in other places, um, which is maybe why they're not talked about as much and why when you hear the word puck, why do you think Massachusetts? Um, but I definitely think it's it's possible. And, you know, I I uh, had the opportunity to sit down and, and talk with somebody who lives on um, a reservation up in Maine. And, you know, she told me some stories about potential Pukwudgie sightings that they've had on the reservation. Um, and, you know, Maine and, and Massachusetts, obviously, they're both part of New England. So it's yeah. not totally unrealistic to think that this could be the same little group of Pukwudgies. But at the same time, it's like, I think it's it's probably more reasonable to think that there are just pockets of little Pukwudgie communities um, all over the place. And, around, you yeah. know, they might not necessarily all be called Pukwudgies, but but it's the same general creature you know well and like i guess now that i think about it if they wanted to travel it would probably be not that difficult for them to hide and stow away yeah you know on somebody's person or their luggage or you know what have you and then you know be able to move from place to place i guess i've got a theory about them and it's it's kind of batshit honestly like i'll i'll be very real it's a little bit crazy it's perfect for this show let's hear Uh, it yeah so basically like and and this is literally all just from like personal experience and speculation but so i have this this theory that puckwudgies have the ability to kind of like become invisible right like not totally invisible but in the way chameleons can a little bit they can kind of blend into their surroundings okay Okay. um and i'll tell you why i think that because uh my last investigation into pakwajis that i did last year the last one i did in like september um you know we're taking pictures the whole time i have my gopro on me the whole time we filmed the whole thing we were there for probably like three or four hours just walking through the woods and something was definitely following us. Um, my ex-boyfriend was with me and he, you know, I don't really like the woods. I get real, you know, paranoid when I'm in the woods in general. So I was leading the way. He was, you know, taking up the tail end, trying to kind of ease my nerves a little bit. And he kept stopping and he would turn around and like see something like a defined figure definitely walking behind us. Um, and at one point he took the GoPro from me and he's filming and he's got it strapped behind him, um, you know, and we're hearing something definitely like running up the trail behind us. And like, we're definitely hearing something following us. Um, but on my GoPro and on my camera, you know, in all these pictures that we took and all this footage that I shot, um, there is what looks like like a blurred spot in the shape of of a little person. 
Um, and like you can see it a little bit in the GoPro footage is shaky because, you know, we're walking. So it's, you know, bouncing as we're walking. But you can see these little blurred moments where it almost looks like somebody's walking behind us. Um, and I have a photo on my laptop. It's like, you know, I reached a point where it was very hot and I was like, I don't want to take pictures anymore. So I stopped. Sure. But um, at towards the end when I, you know, took a couple more just just for fun, um, there's some very defined like blurred spots that are in the shape of a person, um, you know, albeit a small person, but uh, it it's weird. And I was just kind of looking at it being like, I wonder if maybe it's this is like, like a vampire thing where like, you can't be caught on camera. And that's why oh, okay. no I've ever gotten like a photo of a puck wedgie or something. Or maybe this is something you could just do like going back into the theory about, you know, whether or not they control the light or they are the light. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's very interesting. Well, I mean, I guess with the ties into like the light and the shape shifting and things like that, then I mean, I, I would think that then they would, you know, it's possible that they have some type of interdimensional capability. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that would explain, you know, kind of having that um, like they're able to follow you, but because they're not actually on this this dimension yeah you can you can't really completely see that they're there or like you said it could be as something as simple as biological it's like a cloaking some type yeah. of cloaking mechanism um you know that that they could that they could hide in you know when you look at the puck wedgie maybe it's a it's a it's a far uh reach here um but you know sometimes when you look at it and especially if you're going to look at it with the descriptions of the way it's look if you look at it in the dark do you think that it's possible that the kelly hopkinsville goblin goblins were puck wedgies um see i'm not really sure i feel like anything's possible right like anything could be the case it it's just a matter of figuring out which which thing is the reality um but i don't i'm not sure i i think like obviously the bridgewater triangle has like all these puck wedgie sightings that also like overlap with all these ufo sightings um but one of the things about the kelly hopkinsville goblins that like is so specific is that like this supposed like ufo crash that's true um and then you know like these weird the metallic skin and like all these other like little details that i think like if if we wanted to like really 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 like boil it down like it is possible that they could be the same thing but i don't think it's super likely i don't think it's probably yeah yeah that's yeah. true that's a good point um i guess because they're small i just assume yeah. that maybe <laughs> you know? i feel like at this point we could just say every small thing is the same thing but <laughs> every, right, every small thing is the same thing they're all puck like you. um but wow yeah, they're very interesting uh little little creatures you know it's surprising to me how many people don't know about the puck wedgie and i'm like I, I don't, and, but maybe it's just because I'm weird. So I just mm-hmm. expect everybody to know all the weird things that I do. And then it's, I don't know, it's, for me, it's common knowledge. But then, like, for regular people, they're like, pug, they're like, what? Pug yeah. Is that like a type of dog? I'm like, no. <laughs> My dad is the same. Like, he does not really fully understand what a pug wedgie is. And we'll go out and do, you know, a paranormal investigation somewhere and he'll hear something creak in the woods and he'll go, oh, it's a pug wedgie. It's a pug wedge. Like, well, that's close, uh, I guess. How does your dad do paranormal investigating? It doesn't really get pug wedging. I mean, I guess he because he does ghosts. I yeah, he's he's very much more into like the ghost thing 
than anything. And he's uh, started off kind of by humoring me because I am his favorite child. Um, sure. And he was like, oh, she likes cryptids. I guess I can I can humor her on that. And now he's, he's definitely a little more into it as a whole. Um, but you know, he's, his focus is like, he knows what a Sasquatch is. And like, that's, <laughs> that's kind of wow. it. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess everybody's got their flavor. That's so <laughs> funny. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit. Um, because there, there, there's so much about this area you guys, oh, yeah. and, you know, we're not even going to begin to scratch the surface. Of all yeah, all we could talk areas. about it for hours. Yeah. But we're going to try. So, you know, and, and some things I, I'm going to purposefully leave out just because they kind of deserve their own time and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I kind of want to talk about, of course, more of my area, um, these Thunderbird sightings. Over oh, there. yes. Um, and, you know, just flying humanoids in general. Um, so there was actually, I mean, there's been a lot of them. And, you know, some people report them as being uh, more, you know, when you're talking Thunderbirds, you've got that difference between is it a bird or is it a pterodactyl that people are seeing? Yeah. And um, a lot of people report seeing both. Interesting. It is. It is really, yeah, it's really interesting to me that, um, you know, that's kind of, usually when you're talking about one, like, localized area, you don't get both. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll get, you'll get either an area where it is strictly giant birds, or you get an area where it's pterodactyl, you know, it's, it's pterodactyl, and it's like, wow. Um, but, uh, you know, one, I think one of the more, um, <coughs> one of the more prominent ones was there was actually a police officer in 1980 who reported seeing a, uh, well, he reported seeing a pterodactyl and, and everybody else just kind of ran with it and called it a Thunderbird. <laughs> um, you know, because they're like, oh, big, big wings. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but no, he was, a, he was a, actually, he was a police sergeant. And uh, whatever it was, he says that it was six foot tall. And, it, you know, it, it was massive. It was horrifying. And then people just kind of ran with it. Now, and the native lore there, oh my gosh, I didn't get my tribal names together. I'm usually so much better at that. <laughs> um, the tribes there talk about the Thunderbird a lot. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely got its roots there. Um, but I don't think that it was ever um, in that area. In, in most areas, they say it's the Thunderbird because it brings it brings storms on, right? Yeah. So it's the thunder is the flap of their wings. But in, in different um, tribes, sometimes it's not. It, it's obvious that they're not talking about a godlike creature. They're talking more of like a, an animal that mm-hmm. they have some type of relationship with. And in that area, that's kind of more of what the lore is. And then as you kind of move along and you kind of get more into like the Midwest, then it kind of changes to the rain kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I definitely found that interesting. I haven't found any particular moth Mothman-like sightings in that <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing it doesn't have, I think. It doesn't yet. Um, well, I mean, I haven't, like I said, I haven't dug too deeply in it. I haven't gotten any personal um, encounters uh, of that nature over there. Um, but so far, there have not been any. Um, but there have also been plenty of UFO activity. Oh, yeah. So speaking of, you know, these police officers, again, another prominent, credible source there was in 1994, another police officer claimed to see a, a UFO and then and tons of others. I mean, lights oh, yeah. in the area seem to be kind of like a big, a big deal. So it's lights in the sky, it's lights in the, in the forest, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because if this is some type of 
portal type of area i could see lights being a prominent source or at least the entrance and exit of whatever it is that might be coming out of of yeah the whole thing and that's just you know one of the many theories about um about about the area is that you know why why do people think that there's there's more instances of high strangeness happening there i mean i i've read up a lot about that just especially like being so close to it and spending so much time there and it seems like the general consensus is that the land is alive there um you know we've got like reports of you know chatter dating back to like the 1600s of of indigenous people being like i don't know like obviously this is not exactly what they would say but you know being like i don't know something is different here um and like basically like every single phenomena is just a symptom of the triangle you know what i mean and um and the triangle itself is just like something it's it's just always been like that yeah well yeah and well and that's i was trying to look up the name it looks like it's the the wampanoag wampanoag yeah the, oh the wampanoag is that how you say it yeah they're yes. they're really they're the you know dominant area and you know a lot of people believe that kind of the same situation that you get in these other high strange places um they have that, they have that same tale that during times of war the land was cursed mm-hmm. whenever you know one of their chiefs uh was you know stru- you know killed or whatever on the land and they yeah. cursed it um and that was kind of a popular um kind of like the thing to do when you were dying back in the <laughs> colonial yeah. times, i guess because and it's not the only area i mean um what is it the land between the lakes is also kind of is one of those areas mm-hmm. um Point Pleasant is, is one of those areas. I mean, you've got these these areas that have basically the same history, right? And then, you know, not just the same history, but like the same, this weird generational curse that's put on it. And then the continuance of all these instances, instances of high strangeness. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back a little bit more into, you were talking about Profile Rock. I didn't know that it collapsed. I didn't know it wasn't there anymore. Yeah, unfortunately, I uh, the last time I went down that, that way last year, I had wanted to stop there because I hadn't had a chance to yet that year. Yeah. And it it was closed off completely. You couldn't even go down the trail to it because it it crumbled, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, which is sad because it was such a, a historical spot. You know, it's um basically where King Philip's War ended um, at the the capture of Anawan, the chief of the Pocasset people. So it's like it was such a big spot. There was a lot of activity there, mostly ghost activity, but. Um, a lot of people reported being pushed and stuff, which again could be that could be mm-hmm. ghost activity, that could be puckwudgies. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it did collapse. It's very sad. Wait, was that recent? When did that happen? That is, I think sad. it was in 2020. Uh, it might have been 2019, but it was pretty recent. And it was deemed that. like too uns. The area was deemed too unsafe for people to even hike down because the rock is just crumbling now. So. Well, that is really interesting. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna look and see when that was because I, I'm I'm wondering if it was pre. I'm guessing it was probably pre-pandemic. Um, because the thing about Profile Rock that people don't know is that it's it's a natural. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a natural formation, and it looked like a face, and yeah. not even just like kind of like a face. Like you would think somebody carved this thing. Yeah, and um, it was attributed that, to be the the profile of Anawan, the right 
the chief of the Picasso people. Right. That's what they had is, thought that what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. it's, you know, kind of common name is Anawan Rock for that reason. And that I seems- think a lot of people think that that's why that area is, um, you know, so full so of weird. activity. Right. Right. Yeah. As, as those people. So like I said, I just wonder now I, I, I'm going to have to look it up and see when it collapsed. Cause that's- you know, what's interesting though, is that like, obviously like, that's a big thing. People being like, oh, this is indigenous land. Like they definitely cursed it before, you know, all this tragedy struck and, and stuff. But the, uh, the Wampanoag people actually like considered Hockamock Swamp, which is a good majority of the yeah. Bridgewater Triangle, um, to be a, a almost cursed place before, um, any of this tragedy struck. Um, Hockamock actually means place where spirits dwell in Algonquin. Um, and basically they have a chief deity of death and disease called Hobamock, um, who in their culture lived in that swamp. Um, and that's why it's called Hockamock Swamp. Um, so that was like even before, you know, the white people came over and there was all this genocide and all this tragedy. Yeah. Um, so even before then, you know, we've got tales of these like, you know, weird instances happening just in this indigenous lore. So it's, it's one of those weird areas where like, it's very easy to write it off as like, this was cursed land, you know, all of this, this, you know, genocide of indigenous people is what caused this, but, that was already kind of that phenomena was happening before you know that unfortunate tragedy even came yeah right that's well yeah that's definitely what it sounds like i mean do you think it's where is that located in relation to the to the triangle do you know is it like what do you mean which which thing the swamp is it located so it's like the more northern part but it stretches for like most of the triangle like most of the towns that are in the bridgewater triangle touch Mm -hmm. the swamp oh okay huge piece of piece of swamp (laughs) i just wonder if that's kind of where it started and it's just kind of started to bleed out yeah i think Um, about that a lot actually because hockamock swamp is kind of like the center point of all of the phenomena um, so I, I definitely think that there's maybe it started there and kind of grew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. And then now it's just kind of going, you know, and that's what's because there's no real lines so, so much that define the, mm-hmm. the triangle. I mean, you know, roughly it's like, oh, this is kind of the area. Um, yeah. it, it was a, uh, the Bridgewater Triangle was a, it was a, term that was coined by lauren coleman which mm-hmm. I, I don't know kenzie do you know who that is i'm not sure uh yeah he pays my bills i know right <laughs> i don't know if you know that guy or not i don't know if you've yeah, heard that's of my him boss <laughs> most people here probably have heard of him um yep. but i would i would hope if you don't um you you need more help than just my show um yeah, but, sure. <laughs> but he you know he, he he coined that term and you know it kind of made people i don't know seem really un- uneasy not uneasy it's just skeptics were like well why do things happen outside of the triangle because it's not that like this is the only place that things happen yeah. at it's just that in this area there's a high volume of yeah, all it's more concentrated things. there right it's just a cluster of high strangeness and yeah. um, you know i wonder I, I wonder if he would ever 
Um, cause I don't know, you know, he's got the museum and stuff now, obviously I don't think he's, he's doing too much research like that. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if, you know, since he coined it, I think it was what, back in like the eighties or so. It was, was the seventies. It was the seventies. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Well, since then, I mean, what if we kind of redid it and went yeah. through and saw if that area grew at all? I, I personally definitely think that it did. Um, especially like, and not even necessarily that it grew, but that it was maybe outside of those borders to begin with. Okay. Um, but because that that one section is like it's so concentrated there and there's like so much um, phenomena happening there that it was easy to just say, OK, this spot, um, because if you look at like a map of Massachusetts just outside, like I mentioned earlier, just outside of um the very bottom of the triangle is fall river where one of the most notorious like true crime cases has ever existed. You've got the Lizzie Borden case. Um, yeah. And that area fall river was like full of high strangers. Like the Lizzie Borden case was not the only like bizarre thing to ever happen there. Um, and then you go North and you've got, like I said earlier, Revere um, with the Salem witch trials um, right. and all of that. But then you go further north and you've got Bennington, Vermont. I don't know if you are familiar no. with the Bennington Triangle. I'm not super familiar with it, but I know that it's um, kind of been uh, pulled into the mix with the Bridgewater Triangle a little bit because Vermont and Massachusetts touch each other. Um, so it's kind of been uh, just kind of noted as like the next the next triangle to go to is the Bennington triangle. And it's Ooh. another like super concentrated area of high strangeness. Um, but I, I just think, I think that in general, like it probably was just easiest to say, okay, this, these towns and you know, the, the towns in the middle are experiencing it the most. Um, and that's why we're going to label this area, this um, while there is still a lot of phenomena happening outside of that. Yeah. Well, New England, the New England area in general has a lot of, I mean, I guess, you know, you could probably say that about anywhere, but you, you. New England is popping though. We got a lot of stuff going on here. You do. Yeah, you do. Yes, it is. It is. It is really popping over there. I don't know <laughs> what's happening, but it's, I think it's, I think it's the granite. Honestly, I think we're just like yeah. something about the rocks that, you know, all these States are on is just really fueling this energy and, it's just turned into a weird place for some reason <laughs> it's the, if you like beard it's the place to be guys oh for um, sure <laughs> it's it is funny um you know it's just kind of one of the it's just in general it's one of those hot spots i mean i would be interested in kind of seeing if like i would like to take a map mm -hmm. and map out different areas but i would like to take not just the one map i would like to map it and then take another one I would like to do it like by decade yeah, and maybe start like, you know, um, even like recent times starting like mm -hmm. 1950 and then like you map high strangeness instances in the fifties and then you map fifties and sixties and then you map. Yeah. The and kind of just see where it overlaps. Right. And see it kind of, you know, at the rate of how these things are, are growing, yeah. um, you know, and see if there's any type of, of, pattern or correlation yeah. or you know anything there that you know could be and then just kind of um you know doing like a like get like a bunch of like transparent maps oh my gosh yeah. and, and you could like stack them on top of each other that would be awesome that i think that, yeah. i know like for certain that the 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 space in between like the tip of the bridgewater triangle and like where i live is like has a lot of activity and i mm. i at least did 
you know, in the seventies and eighties, like my, my dad grew up in Amesbury, Massachusetts, which is closer to the New Hampshire border than it is to the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, but you know, there was a lot of UFO activity, uh, when he was a kid and, and obviously he wasn't a kid in the eighties, but, uh, in that time period, there was just, there was a lot of, of UFO stuff and, you know, they lived in a, a more densely populated area. So there wasn't as much like cryptid phenomena, but, um, the UFO stuff and like the ghost stuff specifically like that was all like really prominent there. And I, I just, I feel like some of it, like the Bridgewater triangle being like that label of like this, this is where this is happening. Um, does I feel like kind of uh, keep people from reporting some of the stuff that happens outside of it? That would that makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense, especially just the way eyewitness counts are. Anyway, they're it's they're yeah. hard to get for one. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things go underreported, and you know, and not just because like people don't want to be deemed as crazy, but because sometimes you convince yourself that you didn't actually see what you saw. Yeah. You know, and especially like if you're if you're having that kind of experience and, you know, I I talk about it a lot, kind of this correlation between trauma and and some of these experiences, because it can be life altering once you once you have, you know, something like you're just a regular person going about your day. Um, But, you know, maybe, you know, that's one of the the ways that they use to convince themselves are like, oh, but I'm not in the Bridgewater Triangle. So that didn't happen. (laughs) They're just like, explain it away by something natural. Which honestly, Um, that cracks me up because like the history of New England is a weird and morbid one for sure. So like to be anywhere in New England and try to convince yourself that you didn't experience phenomena is is just, it's crazy to me. (laughs) It's like, we got so much happening here. You know, we're number three, New Hampshire specifically is uh, listed ranked number three on the list of the the 50 states in top ufo sightings that's wild so, yeah and i'm like we had the you know the very first ever wildly publicized ufo encounter and like abduction experience and like you know so to be outside of the bridgewater triangle and and kind of convince yourself that you didn't see something weird is like well why though because we're in, right we're in new england like there are no rules here if there's weird things <laughs> happening every second it's just meant to be <laughs> that's true that's a, that, i mean that's a good point yeah i mean i don't understand and that's crazy because it is so small that mm-hmm. you know you got and and so it i mean gosh it's almost like if you live in new hampshire you're you're bound to have an experience i mean it, like the statistics oh, for sure. like you'd oh, be yeah. bound to have an experience and that's just the way that it is that's wild because you guys are also a lot of um like woodland and stuff too you're like oh yeah uh, new hampshire specifically is 81 percent forested there's yeah. 4.1 million acres of woods in new england and new hampshire that's why and then like you said number three for ufo sightings that's crazy oh, yeah. I mean, do the math folks that's um that's a lot of that that, that mo- people having multiple ones is what that is i would have to oh be. yeah for sure um, and you know it's like it's one of the hot spots too is like a, a, a place as simple as like the drive-in theater um that's like uh, a lot of people have come to me specifically to tell me about their ufo sightings at the milton drive-in wow which is a place that I go pretty frequently in the summer and have seen some weird stuff in the sky as well. So it's like, we're all having the same experience. It's not any less true because we're not in the Bridgewater Triangle. Do you think it's because the aliens like to watch the movies? I like to think so. Me too. What what kind of movies do you think they like? Um, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Cause I've seen a whole bunch of different movies there. So that's true. That's true. It's, well, maybe they're, yeah, maybe they're they're still deciding. Maybe they don't know what their genre is. Yeah, um, they're they're like, like, they, keep, they keep going because they're like, "What else you got?" <laughs> 
we'll just, right. We'll just keep watching them. That's really funny. I mean, it's, that's strange, but that's really, yeah. that's really bizarre. Um, so what, you know, what I had a question. Oh yeah. So, you know, being at the museum mm-hmm. and working under, you know, the man who himself who has coined this, um, this term no he chose i mean i'm i'm obviously in who lauren coleman is and what he does mm-hmm. and that, but like he i mean did he chose did he he's from illinois right did he, did he choose to move out to that area because of what was happening out there he seems to be really fascinated by it i don't know to be honest and, with you and, I don't, I mean, I've I'm never asked him. yeah because that is really weird that you know a lot of his work has kind of been centered around i don't know I'll ask him one day. I know, I know he lived in the Boston area for a long time, and that definitely, like, I'm sure helped him. the interest because Boston is pretty close to yeah. where the Bridgewater Triangle starts. And, you know, he also was, like, the lead investigator on the Dover Demon case, which is not right. too far from. That happens, like, pretty close, actually, to where yeah. the Bridgewater Triangle borders are. So um, it's not, you know, he might have just gone there for a little bit and then been like hey yeah. this place is weird i should stay here <laughs> this is perfect for me i, I fit right in <laughs> yeah literally that would make sense because illinois is not illinois pretty much got chicago and then that's really it um yeah. <laughs> they got a couple things but not much that's well so what i was gonna ask was do you have a lot of people that come in and share their personal stories about i mean i'm sure you do in general but specifically about that area um, so it kind of depends. Uh, Jean likes to ask everybody where they're from and we get a lot of people from Massachusetts and, and we like to chat with them about, you know, you know, the weird stuff that happens in that state. We talk to them about the Bridgewater Triangle a lot. Um, but we don't get a ton of people who share their experiences with us. And I think that's very much like the New England way. Um, cause New Englanders are kind, but they're not nice. Um, okay. and they're like, it's, it's very much like, um, they'll be like, Hey, fuck you. You look terrible. Do you need me to change your tire for you? Um, <laughs> okay. All right. literally like they're, they're not. And like people from new England, and I can say this because I am born and raised in new England. Um, they don't like to talk to strangers. Okay. Just kind of in general, like it, you go to Boston and you're not going to find somebody on the street who wants to chat with you. It's just like not really how it goes. Um, well, I mean, you go to a bar in Boston and you'll find plenty of people who oh, want to okay. talk. But right. <laughs> just walking down the street, it's you know, you'll be hard pressed to find somebody who just wants to have a chat because that's just not the New England way. Um, so it's it's definitely it's harder to get those experiences out of people at the museum. Um, I think I think it goes back to a little bit like it's the New England way to not really like talk about your life and yourself and like that kind of thing it's very much the new england way to just kind of like go in and and do your thing and leave and not make any friends um but um (laughs) no new england is fun i like it here um but everybody is grumpy um Uh, I think it's also partially the thing where, like, I know you're going to a cryptozoology museum, but it's still it's considered kind of taboo to talk about your experiences, which I don't, yeah. I don't understand. And I'm like, listen, this is a safe space. You can come in here and go take a picture with the crooks and Sasquatch and tell me about the things you saw. Um, and we we do occasionally get people from New Hampshire. I've I've had a couple New Hampshireites like wanna tell their story, but not very many people from the Bridgewater Triangle. We get a lot of people that say, oh yeah, I live near there or I live in there. 
but mm-hmm. nobody really wants to ever talk about the weird things they've seen. Um, and I think uh, at least some of it, I think, has to be the fact that it is a cryptozoology museum. Um, and because we don't really have much on the paranormal or uh, UFOs. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't really feel like the place to, you know, if you saw a UFO, like it's not really the place to talk about it. But me personally, um, if you're listening to this and you come to the museum, I want to hear about your ghost or UFO sighting. Just saying. Yeah. Yes, go go to the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine, and visit Kinsey. I probably shouldn't tell people where you work and live. That's fine. Well, I guess <laughs> it's fine. Her social security number is. <laughs> Just might as well tell them everything. I know. Here's my credit card information. <laughs> okay, Just, have fun, yeah. everyone. <laughs> you know, uh, but no, yes. If you have stories and, and you find yourself out there, definitely, um, you know, tell tell them. It sounds like, well, yeah. you guys obviously are all you know people that are interested in the matter. Yeah. So I don't think that you know you're ever like, oh God, this person's going to tell me their story. <laughs> you know, no, I I love to hear people's stories. Like I get people yeah. who message me on Instagram just to be like, hey, I saw this weird thing, and I'm like, hell yeah, that's my favorite Thanks part. Of telling me, yeah, I I love it. I'm like, oh good. I, when people feel like they can come to me and yeah. tell me, I'm like, oh gosh, I made it. I really did make it <laughs> yeah it's it's a very satisfying feeling and it's also it, like yeah. hell yeah like that's a sick encounter thanks for it, telling me I, I you're right i love here i'm like whatever it is i'll i'll listen to you talk about it and uh you know some people are just some people will they'll start to talk about it and they're like well it's really not that pat talks about it with this alien encounter um you know he just he's he always says it's not really that big of a deal you know we we did an episode recently where we revisited it and talked about it again and he's always just like and, and he was on the clubhouse thing. He did the uh, cryptids from outer space with us. And I was like, hey, do you want to talk about your your encounter? And he's like, well, why? It's not like that big of a deal. I'm like, Pat, not everybody sees aliens. Like, what are you talking yeah. like, in the home? Like, even like, what are you, what are you talking about? That's a, that's a huge deal. <laughs> I feel like it's important to talk about it, no matter how small you think it is, because every, every encounter, um, even those little details that you don't think are important, add to the bigger picture. It and it's just going to help us eventually kind of figure out a little bit more of what's going on right well that's and that's what i say like you have no idea if your encounter might house something that is the missing piece of the puzzle to somebody else's right yeah. i mean you don't know you know which one is going to be significant and which one isn't so i would much rather have all of them which is why i take you know paranormal encounters you know yeah. as well as you know the ufos and because i'm i'm in it for trying to further the science and i think yeah. that unless we have the entire story we never will um so and that's the thing too and you and i have talked about this but there is definitely uh overlap in all oh, of yeah. these things in the paranormal in ufology in cryptozoology there is some amount of overlap in all of them so like yeah. a story that you think might just be about ghosts could potentially be about something else and it, you know right? it applies yeah. to all of it so it's like i i would like to hear it regardless of if you think it's like relevant to what is happening or where we yeah. are or whatever like i want to hear it no matter what let's yeah, go de- definitely yeah I'm, I'm all about it and you know and i understand some people will have their little niche group and it, because it's overwhelming it's a lot of information yeah. and so you know i i i don't i'm not going to fault other investigators if they only want to focus on one area yeah. or what have you but personally i, I just want to do all of it for yeah. forever until i die so yeah me too <laughs> I'm very much the same way. (laughs) Right. I'm just, I'm just interested. If it's weird, I'm there. That's my thing. Like, I love that. So (laughs) that's, that's my kink, guys. (laughs) 
know, that's what it is. But yeah, I just, I, I always think that's weird. I mean, that's crazy. I'm sure you guys do get store. I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of different stories, but I don't know. I just figured you'd at least hear like, I don't know, three a day. I mean, I, I would hope. I wish. You know, I, I would think. I would I'll, start, I'll start bugging people about it. They're like, hey, so they're like looking at, you know, a, 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 you know, one of the, one of, one of the cast or whatever. And you're like, yeah. hey, have you seen that before in real life? It's <laughs> like, oh, you live in Rehoboth? You ever gotten abducted in the swamp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know what? Y'all ever seen a poltergeist down there or what? Right. right. <laughs> you know anything about that? Or, you know, going down there, um, when you when you bring maybe if you bring up the crazier instances, they'll feel more comfortable because they're like, Well, my story's not that crazy if she believes in that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me tell her. I would. I'd ask everybody coming to the door. So you got any stories you want to share with us before you go uh, check it out? <laughs> yeah, we get we get a lot of people who just like Google fun things to do in Portland and are like, Oh, that looks neat and then they come in and we're like, oh, yeah, you're going to learn about Sasquatches. And they're like, okay. Really? They don't, yeah. they're, they're not, they're not excited. We do. Yeah. We get some, some people sometimes that aren't, you know, thrilled about cryptozoology as a thing, but, you know, mostly like you Google fun things to do in Portland and the museum is one of the first thing that comes up. Um, so a lot of people on vacation who maybe don't necessarily like have an interest in cryptozoology, but think it seems interesting will come in and, and some people leave and they're like, well, that's not for me. Uh, but some people come in and they're True. like, wait, that was sick. I should yeah. dive into this. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Love that. Um, and even if like people don't like it, I'm like, well, you know what? At least you maybe had a good time for a little bit. I can't wait to go. I'm so excited. I want to go so bad. Yeah, you're um, going to love it maybe next year i'll plan the trip i i need to do it yeah i i mean i've been talking about it only for you know since it opened so <laughs> <laughs> you know i, I want to go um gosh that's so funny yeah i i don't know um you know i do you ever get like crazy like christians that come in and they're like this is an abomination of god i have never uh encountered a person like that um okay. that's good mostly like the people that that don't enjoy it are definitely like like skeptics uh we get a, like a, a fair amount of people who like are actively skeptical of cryptozoology and come in anyway and know they're not going to have a good time but but try anyway okay um, and that's sure. that's i mean i'm like i appreciate that you tried it's kind of right. confusing to me though because i'm like you you didn't believe in this in the first place i don't really know that this will change your mind but yeah uh, the biggest like doing mine yeah yeah the biggest problem that we have is like teenagers with tiktok accounts oh um that's usually the worst trying to get the cult (laughs) yeah well uh, i hate kids in general so i shouldn't say (laughs) whatever Uh, we had um we had a kid come in who i actually had to kick out recently um, and a friend of mine sent me the TikTok that he made while he was in the museum uh, the other day. What? What? And okay, what's going on? Yeah. So this kid came in, and we have uh, the big Sasquatch that everybody knows and loves. Um, a lot of people come in very excited to take photos with him. His name is Crookston. Um, you've definitely seen him on Instagram. Oh, yeah. um, and he is old and fragile and yeah. tipsy. And he is set back in the wall with a rope in front of it so that nobody can like touch him because we don't want him to fall over. We don't want him to break. Um, We don't want him to hurt anybody or anything. So he's set back and you just kind of pose in front of him and and you can take your photo that way. And uh, this kid had climbed over the rope, had just moved it, moved the sign, 
climbed on top of all of the super old stuff that is on display on his feet, uh, climbed the Bigfoot and grabbed its head and almost broke it. So I had to run up the stairs in my skirt and platform Doc Martin sandals, um, literally run up the stairs to be like, Hey, you need to leave. Um, and, uh, I guess later he had posted a TikTok of him. Um, you know, the person he was with, like filming him, like filming the sign that says like, don't cross the rope and don't touch the Bigfoot. Um, and then being like, he, 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 and then like him climbing it. And I was like, damn, I didn't even get a cameo in this. I was like, y'all stop right. filming. Like the second I ran up the stairs and I was like, it would have been fun for me to just pop in and be like, Hey, get out. You could have been viral. I know. I know. <laughs> You would have gotten that sweet internet clout that I know that you're so after, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I've ever wanted is to be the the asshole that kicked out the teenager from the museum. Yeah, it was yeah. funny because I, you know, my friend sent me this TikTok and I was like, oh my god, he was like, oh my god, this kid's like disrespecting Bigfoot, and I was like, I kicked that kid out of the museum, and so he was funny. like, oh my god, like that's so funny, and I. um went and like watched the tiktok on this kid's page and all the comments were like yeah you should not have done that like oh, have you good. ever been to a museum like you should not do that <laughs> i'm glad, so, I'm glad like, everybody yeah. was like no. honestly i was like have you literally ever been to a museum before like you're not supposed to touch the displays listen that's what happens when you try to disrespect bigfoot it just they will come for you like the internet it's, says no <laughs> it's just a bunch of bigfoot on the other side like wow <laughs> Best. they're like wow fuck that guy fuck that guy that's so funny that's a hilarious thought that's, i bet that's what it is i'm gonna go i'm gonna find this tiktok now and be like i'm a sasquatch I, i'll just send it to you and send it to me and i'll get on there as a sasquatch yeah just make a tiktok oh. account as a sasquatch um yes i will i'll, I'll name myself um what should I, uh, patty gimlin that's what i'll name oh it. patty gimlin that's so good i will that's such like a that's such a specific name that like only people who really care about sasquatches are gonna be like ah this is good that was really clever i just came up with that yeah that was great that was really good that's so funny wow yeah i I bet you guys i i don't know i get a lot of flat i mean then again i don't like work at like a, a public like a you know public place yeah from zoology like that the most flight that i get is from like um you know, super, really super Christian people. Um, like I was and doing this UFO live Twitter. thing. Yes, UFO Twitter. Don't even get me started on those those disclosure bros over on UFO Twitter. Um, but <laughs> I was doing this live stream. I've been doing this new show, and we did a live stream Friday night. And um, you know, we were talking about different things. Now, the person I'm co-hosting with um, had a dog man encounter. So I thought that it would be a fun idea to do a live stream where people could ask their questions live about his dog man encounter. Um, but of course it being live, it kind of starts to go off the rails a little bit. Oh, we, yeah. all know, we all know how I am and I'm just generally inappropriate. Yeah. Um, but I was actually being pretty tame. I don't remember why exactly we got on the subject of it, but I ended up disclosing that I was a witch and Hell yeah. People freaked out. Like they uh, were, like, oh my god, she's a witch. She's she's she's. Evil. I spent my afternoon doing spells. Right, and I, right. I'll tell you, I was just chilling. I was not well, summoning him. the devil. Right, I know. And I'm like, no, listen, guys, witches are, and, and you know, and I understand it can be shocking to some people, especially from different cultures. I try to, I try to approach these topics with some sort of sensitivity because i get mm-hmm. it right so i'm like listen if you guys have questions i'll answer your questions about it but also it's um, like google is free 
Right. It, it, Google right. is free and accessible to everyone. Like, if you want to learn, you will. And, you know, that's kind of on you. But it wasn't just that. Um, it was then I went on to talk about um, I'm making, uh, actually, with Pat, the, the my second documentary that I'm making is about DMT. And it's about the machine elves that people claim to to see and talk to and, and engage with. And so, yeah, it is. So we're actually going to do, and we've talked about it on the show before, but we're actually going to do DMT. Hell yeah. And, you know, try to make contact with these machine elves. Now, it, but it's not just that. It's not just doing DMT. I want to do it. Like, I would like to raise the funds to also get an MRI done while Ooh. it's happening. Right. Because wouldn't, wouldn't it be really cool if I go and I talk to the machine elves and then they notice different parts of the brain working together in a different way? Yeah. We could have these experiences without doing DMT to do it. And like, yeah, that would be sick people started freaking out they're like oh she wants to talk about witchcraft and drugs and i'm like oh Oh my god (laughs) i like it i didn't tell you guys to sacrifice babies and go shoot heroin like that's (laughs) like i'm just like also like i'm just living my life like right you don't have to to partake right you don't have have to do here like this is this is free you're not paying me any money to be on this youtube stream right now like you don't (laughs) you know and it's just it's so bizarre you know some people and you know i try to not think about it too much um but you know in the moment especially when you're live and you Mm -hmm. have to kind of which i guess you know i'm I'm gearing myself to start doing um publics you know public talks and stuff at different places um so this has kind of been really good practice because even though i'm not in front of a physical audience i've been in front of an audience and that's normal um but i guess i don't know how i would handle if like it was happening in person like i can tell you how i would handle it and i'm certain about this what, what would you do i'd be really fucking rude <laughs> i probably would too. <laughs> like i'd be like hey can you shut the fuck up right can you- like i've been thinking about this because you know sarah and i do our live streams and every once in a while we get someone who hops on just to be an asshole for yeah. no reason and i generally ignore them but i'm like do this to my face and see what happens because i'm right. a monster to you if like, you I, interrupt me to be rude to me like I, i'm not a violent person at all but i would probably hit them yeah i feel like that'd be pretty i at that point it's like well yeah i'd i'd bring i'd bring my uh my my doc martin sandals and knock yeah. their ass out with them. there we go yeah they're beefy they, they will do the yeah. job that's the point that's why we have big shoes guys it's it's their weapons yes Um, that's the secret (laughs) but yeah i just you know i i probably wouldn't and like i kind of got a little bit mean but like the one person and it was like after the fact they decided to comment on it and they started talking about how they felt bad for for my child and and i'm just like how can you go and like i mean how do you sleep at night like going and just attacking random people in that kind of personal way you know i don't, I don't understand people who drag like people's families and stuff into it too. Right. Like, you know, the problem was with with me and myself right if you don't like my my views and my things you don't you just can you don't have to be here I, that's, what, that's what i told him i was like oh you know what um my my uh child is none of your business oh well, she yeah. was saying that she was like well she would probably do better if she listened to other podcasts then she wouldn't sound so moronic and i was like well for one my podcast does really well yeah. Um, my child is none of your business and for three you can unsub now bye yeah, <laughs> like, you don't have to listen to it that's literally right. fine you don't have like, to right you nobody's forcing you to be here and i don't just, have a gun to your head you do not have to be here it's just so bizarre to me you know and like you know i kind of went through this bout which everybody you know saw on twitter where i was being bullied and mean to and things um because i had made a gofundme account 
And um, which is also another thing because it's like, you know, people don't have to donate, right? It's a donation. You can, you're allowed to spend your money however you want. I wasn't forcing anybody to give me money at all. Um, But, you know, just in in general, um, you know, I had met Kenzie because of this clubhouse community. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it has been the nicest fucking thing ever. Ever. It's it's yeah. such a breath of fresh air to it finally really have a space where you don't have to worry about these assholes and just everybody tearing your opinions down and things mm-hmm. like that. And so um that was kind of just the point of it. I, I think that everybody should be nice to each other. Um yeah. because you know, as much as I can hold my own, as as feisty as I am, and some people claim that they're afraid of me, which I don't know why. I'm, I'm I get that mean. a lot too. I right. honestly, I mean, it's the powerful women thing. It I think. is. Yep. Yep. It's yes. We're, we're we're powerful women, and they're like, oh, I don't know what to that do. Makes here. Us scary. And we're scary. We're intimidating. I know. Like, and well, I'm like, it's not my fault that you are weak. I'm like, well, that's fine. Stay scared and stay the hell away from me. Like, I don't. I, <laughs> that's I don't not need you. You know, it is. But you know, yeah. But in general, I mean, I try to be very nice. I I, mm-hmm. I want everybody to be nice to each other. And um, you know, for for my birthday this year, I want you guys to to just be extra nice to the, you know, not just the people in your lives, but um, the strangers on general. the internet too. Everybody, strangers on the internet, people on the street. Like I know here in Ohio, we don't have masks anymore. You know, smile at people sometimes or just, you know, acknowledge their existence. You know, let me tell you, you have no idea what that person's going through and you just simply nodding at them could change their entire world. At at minimum, it could change the trajectory for that day that they had, you know, and so. I think that I don't know why I decided to get on a soapbox. I guess because I can, because it's my show and I can, and it's my birthday, it's birthday. and I can do what I want. Right. <laughs> and I decided to talk about, you know, love and light and kindness. So that's <laughs> a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's, you know, it's, it's very important for us to remember that, um, you know, everybody's an individual. It doesn't matter if they're on a screen or they're in person mm-hmm. um, or if you know them or what have you. I mean, at the minimum, kindness costs absolutely nothing. So yeah. It's also incredibly easy to just not say anything. Yes. It takes takes less effort to scroll by something you don't like than it does to go out of your way to write something nasty just for the hell of it. Yeah. Like it is, it's inherently just easier to ignore it. Right. You could, right. You could just not say anything, whether it be UFO, uh, you know, disclosure bros on UFO Twitter or which are the absolute worst or Literally <laughs> the worst situation I've ever put myself it's, in. It's so ridiculous. Did you get any, I know, I know you, uh, oh, you I was like, yeah, I was, I was like fighting with someone and I don't, mm. I don't get an internet drama that often. I just yeah, don't. Me neither. I'm like, this is boring. I, I have better things to do, but I was yeah. feeling real feisty one night and I was like, all right, let's go. Let's fight. Let's do it. Everybody on this on Twitter. Yeah, literally. I was literally about to tweet like, "Who wants to fight? Let's fucking go." Um, me in the Bridgewater Triangle. I'll be there. <laughs> but every person that did try and fight with me ended up deleting all of their tweets. Yeah, I was like, huh? So yeah. who won? It was me. I mean, you guys, you won. Yeah, you did. Like, take that. I think that's amazing. Well, sometimes it can be very gratifying when you do, but it's crazy because it's like those people that you're fighting with, the reason why you're fighting with them is because they were assholes in the first place. Like, so. Yeah. One of the people that I ended up getting in an argument with made the incredibly bold statement that nobody on UFO Twitter is sexist. Right. And I was like, are you sure about that? Yeah. yeah you want to try again, maybe? 
that's well that's what i yeah that's the problem i was having the guy was like well the only reason why this whole selfie thing is happening is because of one guy like the sexism doesn't i'm like you're not gonna tell a woman in the field yeah that it doesn't exist don't try and tell me that that's not real yeah like absolutely like, do i'm not here for it i'm not listening right don't don't do that i mean i'm experiencing you know, it every day i don't need you to tell me it's not real exactly well i had that happen on clubhouse the other day it was the first time i had anything and it wasn't our people's fault um but we had kind of jumped into a random room we'd all kind of jumped and i'm not, I'm not gonna name exactly who was there um but there was like this random sasquatch talk happening by somebody else and like i was in there and the guy like every time he would ask a question even though like i had already spoken i already said who i was you can read my profile and see who i am um when he would ask a question he would ask the two other people that's you know within our group um the question but he wouldn't address me and ask me anything and it was it was so weird he thanked them profusely for coming on the panel even though i was there longer than they were the reason why they came in was because i was in there and i i got nothing and i was like did that just happen because i'm a i'm an attractive i'm a hot lady on the (laughs) on the internet is that what (laughs) i feel like i can confidently say yeah probably probably right? <laughs> like i feel you because that happens to me all the time and i'm like listen i contributed just as much as everybody else like right like i i know my you know i i know my things it's like we shouldn't have to prove that we know our stuff like that's literally i don't know if you've ever noticed this but i um have kind of made it a point to make like a petty stand and every single time i uh speak on some of these platforms i just say bullshit yeah because yeah. i'm just like I don't have to prove to you that I am smart. That's a good, that's a real, yeah. <laughs> and you can go and listen to my own podcast and like, listen to like me on my own, like sharing my knowledge with the world. But I'm like, right. when I come in and like, I'm the only woman in a room full of dudes. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and try to prove to you that I know what I'm talking about. And that I'm smart because the second I walked in, you made a rash assumption that I'm stupid. Right. I'm well, right. So I'm just like, great. I'll just live up to it and I'll save my energy and spew some bullshit and then I'll leave. And the information is free. You guys, like you can even listen to Kinsey shows, both of them for free. Like it oh, costs yeah. you nothing. And, um, you know, but speaking of which, do you want to plug what I, I guess we never said, do you want to plug yeah. your shows again? I would love to. Um, so I have a solo show. It's called the Crypto Chats Podcast. It is a, um, a, a take on just uh, North American obscure cryptids specifically. Um, it's a, a biweekly show that I do just by myself. And then I also have a show with the wonderful Sarah Cooper, uh, who is the a curator of the American Snallygaster Museum. Um, and it is her and I, and we talk about obscure cryptids, but on a global like take it's a it's a little bit of everything um our last season we did south american cryptids we did european cryptids we did uh some new uh new england ones we did a a whole lot of stuff i honestly don't even remember what we covered now because it's been like two weeks (laughs) and that's too long for me to remember but um but yeah, we have a new season coming out soon. Uh, we'll be diving into some brand new weird cryptids and, and folklore and, and all that good stuff. And and yeah, and you can find me on Instagram at cryptidbaddie. That's C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-B-A-D-D-I-E. I had to think about that. Um, it's okay. But <laughs> uh, yeah, feel free to uh, to follow me and shoot me all your weird stories because I would love to read them. 
Absolutely. And we'll put all of your, um, I know you have like a link tree and stuff. We'll put everything in the description so everybody can, you know, follow you there. Oh, yeah. Um, if they haven't already, you know, from the show. Because mm-hmm. um, you, I mean, gosh, we just had you on like a month ago. So it wasn't that. Yeah, I know. No, but that's totally fine. Um, I love Pat, but I like talking to my women too. So it's- I know. I feel like um, Pat's wonderful. Pat's amazing. But I definitely uh, think I just bring a different perspective. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> totally. Pat would describe your show as um, two hot ladies drink White Claws and talk about weird stuff. And- <laughs> yeah, that's, I feel like, a pretty accurate description <laughs> of me and Sarah's show. <laughs> yeah. Me and Sarah are getting drunk and, and yelling about various men in the field we want to fight. <laughs> yeah no that's okay it's fine sarah's got like a shit list of of dudes in the the cryptozoology field that she's gonna throw hands at and yes i love that messing up my own words and saying weird phrases that don't make any sense (laughs) well see that's that's what i'm saying guys if you if you like on wednesdays we talk weird you'll love you'll you'll love you'll love their stuff because it's you very much in the same it's not uh it's fun it's a lot of fun and uh and you guys will like it so you should check it out any um closing statements on the Bridgewater Triangle before we uh um well we just barely scratched the surface with the Bridgewater barely. Triangle so if you liked this I fully recommend just diving right into it because there is so much we didn't even talk about um we didn't really talk about ghosts or any I oh mean, yeah ghosts, ghosts like even like even the UFO sightings like there right. was like one one specific UFO sighting in like 1979 that was like now considered relatively famous uh, and that we didn't even we didn't even touch upon so there's like you know there's sasquatch sightings there's poltergeist activity there's all these like crazy ufo flaps like there's so much and i i definitely think if you are interested you should uh throw yourself into it go down the rabbit hole and check it out yeah yeah absolutely and then uh again if you're ever in uh portland maine go visit the international cryptozoology museum yeah come see me at work She'll she'll be there and she'll kick you out for climbing on Sasquatch. So that's <laughs> <laughs> it'll happen. She'll she'll be there. Um, all right, guys. Well, with that being said, uh, we will. Well, Pat will be back next week, and I will obviously be here. Um, so we'll see you guys next Wednesday.